Welcome, my name is Naya August, and this is Living on the Veg, a podcast designed to outline the benefits of a plant-based diet. If you have a specific topic you would like covered or any questions in general, as always, please don't hesitate to reach out. Without further ado, let's get into it. So welcome back to another episode. Today, we're going to focus on the environmental benefits of plant-based eating. And it's so important that we as individuals realize that we're living in a time period in which the decisions we make as a society right now will likely have a profound impact on the future of our planet and future generations. So it's crucial that we as a collective analyze some of the more harmful habits we're partaking in because we're ultimately at a crossroad in terms of how healthy our planet is going to end up, you know, 50, 100 years down the line. And many of us, myself included, tend to live our lives from an instant gratification standpoint. So when one looks into the future and tries to implement change before it's truly necessary, it can appear kind of foreign and people will have a tendency to resent that change. But at the same time, what many people fail to recognize is that we really are reaching a point in history where it is truly necessary that we take action regarding environmental preservation because the impact of our actions are soon going to be irreversible, unfortunately. And I recently read a NASA article stating that without immediate or substantial action, the global temperature is on track to rise by 4.5 to 8 degrees Fahrenheit by 2100. And this is obviously very alarming because it leaves humans with two choices. Either we do little to nothing to solve the problem and hopefully adapt to what we've already set in motion, which is obviously very risky considering we don't have the technology to deal with that sort of drastic environmental change, or we as a collective can start taking immediate action to really slow the release of those heat trapping greenhouse gases, specifically carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide. And according to the United Nations, we have less than a decade to really get the climate change situation under control before our actions are utterly irreversible. So if we do decide to take this second approach, um, which we probably should just to be on the safe side, um, we need to act now. Something I'm personally observing more of in people nowadays, particularly with my generation, Gen Z, is this feeling of disempowerment and learned helplessness. Uh, for example, you might think to yourself, you know, what can I do to really make a difference? Or how can one person out of 7 billion really make a lasting impact? And I will admit those are valid concerns. And I can understand how putting effort into helping the environment and not seeing the lasting impacts of those actions can really cause you to lose motivation. But that mentality really limits you because it prevents you from willingly taking action in the first place. And at the end of the day, we can't control the actions of others. We can only control our own. And chances are, if you're listening to this episode, you already have some interest or understanding of environmental conservation and likely want to alleviate some of the guilt that comes with certain actions. And even if you're not a hardcore environmental activist, I doubt you disregard the health of the environment entirely. In fact, I just applaud you for showing an interest and willingness to educate yourself on how to help because you're already making an impact by solely learning and hopefully gaining knowledge to educate others as well. So never underestimate the power of individual change. Um, government officials and the heads of large corporations change habits based on societal values, but 
even then they're usually one step behind. Um, so be the change that you want to see in the world. Change starts with you and a chain reaction will naturally follow. So if you ask people about the different ways in which they can be proactive and live more environmentally friendly lives, you'll likely hear them talk about ways to reduce fossil fuels and different combustion causes. But rarely do we hear about reducing our meat consumption, um, about how that can drastically reduce our carbon footprint. In fact, the University of Oxford recently conducted a study on this and concluded that simply cutting animal products from one's diet could reduce one's carbon footprint by nearly 73%. And the lead researcher of this study stated, and I quote, a vegan diet is probably the single biggest way to reduce your impact on planet Earth, not just greenhouse gases, but global acidification, eutrophication, land use, and water use. Of course, going plant-based doesn't have to be like an all-or-nothing approach. Um, simply swapping out a meal or two, even a couple times a week, um, for a plant-based substitute, that will have just a lasting impact, and that really adds up in the long run. And oftentimes, when people think about how to save the environment, they'll first think about reducing carbon emissions. I remember for me personally, when I was in elementary school, teachers would usually encourage students to turn off lights, um, recycle, use public transportation to walk or to ride a bicycle whenever possible, and to plant trees on Earth Day and whatnot. And of course, these are all wonderful things to incorporate in your life, but I think we're glossing over a huge contributor to climate change, which of course, you guessed it, is animal agriculture. And even if you search up a picture of climate change on Google, for example, you'll see pictures of industrial emissions being released into the atmosphere, primarily through large industrial facilities. And you'll also see images of cars on highways as fossil fuels are released into the atmosphere. And this is often the image that we associate with climate change, but those aren't even the greatest carbon emission contributors. It's animal agriculture accounting for about 18 to 51% of all carbon emissions combined. And even if you do go with that conservative number of 18%, it still makes animal agriculture responsible for more greenhouse gases than uh, transmission methods combined, like all transmission methods combined. And I really want you to process that statement deeply though. That's all cars, trains, buses, ships, combined. Like the culprit of this, of course, is methane, which is highly destructive to the environment. Collectively, the waste of chickens, pigs, cows, and turkeys, those are the greatest contributors of methane in the world. And carbon dioxide tends to have a more lasting effect in the atmosphere, but methane, according to environmental, um, to the Environmental Diffuse Fund, I can't speak, Environmental Defense Fund, has 80 times the warming power of carbon dioxide. And that's not even including the energy required to transport and process livestock and feed. So there's of course an indirect release of carbon dioxide from animal agriculture as well that isn't always mentioned. All right, first let's look at the environmental benefits of a plant-based diet, specifically in relation to water conservation. Um, when people think about water and its impact on the environment, people tend to look around and think water conservation. Like, what do we need to conserve water for? A whole planet is just drowning, no pun intended, <laughs> in water. 
And uh, though, yes, according to the United States Geological Survey, approximately 71% of the planet is water. Um, of course, of that, however, only 1% is actually clean and suitable for human consumption. And according to the United Nations Environmental Assembly, plant-based burgers require 75 to 99% less water than regular beef burgers. Now, let's compare dairy milk to alternative plant-based milks. In the media, almond milk has a tendency to be perceived in a negative light due to its water usage, and many people object against plant-based eating largely due to almond milk, but let's take a minute to really look at those numbers. So I'm pulling these numbers from Joseph Poor, an environmental scientist at the University of Oxford who ultimately compiled data from over 3,000 studies to retrieve these numbers. Um, and what he found was that approximately twice as much water is required to produce one liter of dairy milk than one liter of almond milk. So the exact numbers come out to 628 liters of water to produce one liter of dairy milk and 371 liters of water to produce one liter of almond milk. Now, is almond milk the first alternative milk I recommend to individuals interested in the plant-based lifestyle? No. And I'm not denying the environmental impact of almond production on the environment, but the fact that the majority of the world's almonds, about 80%, are grown in California, um, where there's already like a huge drought issue, um, is what makes it extremely problematic. And there's definitely problems with it, um, no doubt, but is it the biggest concern here? I say no, and here's why. No matter which plant-based milk alternative you choose, you will still be better off environmentally than selecting dairy milk. And almond milk presents better um, numbers in terms of sustainability, specifically with other factors such as land use and emissions, but I can definitely see how the water required to produce it is a deal breaker. So if both almond milk and dairy milk aren't recommended by environmental scientists, what should you be drinking for the least environmental impact? Well, solely going off of the environmental impact aspect and not considering health factors, um, oat milk and soy milk appear to provide the most sustainable combination of emissions, water use, and land use. And I highly recommend looking at this data online because the visual rep representation and um, comparison of the different milks is astonishing. And you can visually see the difference using bar graphs to see how individual milk impacts the environment, whether that be through emissions, water, or land use. And tying into water is land use and deforestation. Um, though 29% of the globe is made up of land and the remaining is made up of water, 57% um, of the Earth's land is completely uninhabitable to humans, primarily because of deserts, which struggle to support life. And of the habitable land on Earth, 50% of it is used for agriculture. And the catch is that 70%, 77% of that land is specifically reserved for livestock production or to grow crops specifically for the livestock. So think soy and corn production. And similarly to what I previously said about almond milk, soy consumption also makes for a primary objection against veganism for many people due to its environmental impact. Um, specifically in relation to large-scale deforestation. But what many people fail to recognize, however, is that 80% of the soy produced globally is fed to livestock, not humans. Same thing with corn. 
So according to the USDA, 48.7% of the corn in the United States is fed to livestock rather than humans, but corn is problematic for a different reason, that being the impact of pesticides on soil degradation and water runoff into streams and such, which can then have lasting impacts on aquatic life. And when people think about the consequences of land use for livestock and deforestation, people will generally first think about increased greenhouse emissions in the atmosphere being the greatest issue. And of course, people aren't wrong in that aspect, but there are other consequences worth mentioning too. One being the loss of biodiversity. Soil erosion is also becoming increasingly problematic. There is a documentary on Netflix titled Kiss the Ground that I highly recommend you look into if you're interested in that particular subject of soil degradation and how to preserve it for a lasting future. Cowspiracy, which can be found on Netflix, is also a good one if you want to learn more about the environmental uh, impact of animal agriculture as a whole. But yeah, within each of us, there is potential for us to reshape our habits. And looking at the numbers, even a single person can have a drastic impact on the environment by altering simple habits in their everyday lives. All right, I am signing off. Thank you for listening.